Hey, I'm Stevie. What's up? I'm Monty J. And you're listening to the Bookshelf Boyfriends Podcast. Where we take a deep dive with your favorite contemporary romance authors. Asking them questions about everything from their writing process to their reading habits, plus so much more. Join us as we help you find your next Bookshelf Boyfriend. Happy anniversary to the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast. We've made it 365 days and some change without killing each other. It's been amazing. It's been fantastic. 365 days and some change. It's 365 days exactly. Oh, well, whatever. Well, really, okay. So if you're talking about it without killing each other, we've known each other for over 365 days. Yeah, and some change and we haven't killed each other. So that's just like in itself is it just is an amazing thing because I'm a very hard person to put up with um but it's I'm been great for... and thank you guys you know what you made me sound worse than I actually am I'm not that bad <laughs> but um thank you guys so much for joining us on this journey uh it's been amazing and we love each and every single one of you that listen to us that choose to listen to us willingly <laughs> you know I've been getting messages lately about how people listen to the podcast and like where they listen to it like I had somebody tell me like oh I sit at work at, like in my office like with my headphones in, and I just listen I was to about to be like I hope you have headphones I hope you got headphones because I'd be driving and I was like I don't think my mouth is appropriate for your workplace it made me want to cry though because I was like I, I'm just amazed at how many like shout out to Tiffany first of all because Tiffany listens to this podcast all the time and she's making her way through every single episode making my way downtown walking fast Look, this is not the first time she broke down into song in the last five minutes listen i'm telling you i think i could be a professional song association singer you know like where people give you a word and you're, you have to go with it i can do it i've literally just said thank you for the memories five seconds before we and started recording and she busted out into fallout boilers absolutely maybe i should have been like in musical theater i can't sing for shit but maybe i should have did you know that penelope black was in musical theater i did not but that is actually very very awesome i, I was I, on her live the other night and she was talking about it and i was she was like i was a theater kid and she goes i i walk oh she was one of the ones who told me that she walks her dog and listens to our podcast oh i love that and then she was saying how sometimes when her headphones don't work she'll just listen to it i hope nobody heard none of her neighbors hear me because my mouth is <laughs> like my mouth is not rated E for everyone. Let's just put it out there. It's right. So then all. she said, she said something about, she goes, you know, if you ever have any episodes you need to fill, I'm happy to come back and hang out with you this time, Stevie. <laughs> oh my God. I love her. So I said, awesome. I'm, I said, true story. I'm booking November and December. So that's why that message in our inbox this morning said, are you really sure? Are you serious? Like, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I love her. She's awesome. So um, Penelope Black I, is coming back. <laughs> yeah. What is some of the, uh, what are, what are some of the things you need to tell them? Important information. We got to give um, them Out Today's <laughs> giveaway is Rockstar Romance. Whoop, whoop. And it's ironic because our guest today has a couple rock stars. Yes, she does. And she um, is a rock star herself. She is a rock star herself. Um, also, if you miss the Indie Live panel, two weeks ago it oh is live on youtube you can watch it to your heart's content and you and can- i will say that i think that it would be beneficial if you grab like a notebook and a pen 
Um, because I think Willow, Jen, and Candy gave some really good advice. Um, I thought that, you were going to say so they could rate your dad. <laughs> um, um, gave some really good advice, and I think that it's really helpful for, like, new authors and people who want to write a book, and I think that we talked about some really important issues in the indie author community, and I think it was great and very just, you know, academically inspiring, and then my dad fucking ruined it. Hashtag TikTok daddy. I literally hate him. It was, it was, it was a fun night. Jen, Jen Sterling, guys, shout out to the OG. (laughs) She is like the only person who can have you like in tears about her negative experiences in the industry. (laughs) And then five seconds later. And then like make you like kill over in tears, laughing so hard. Or unless you're candy and then she was like my the best ideas I ever co- that come to me are, are when I'm high and I'm like and then I had like a mental breakdown that like my favorite author of all time is a stoner like <laughs> wow so I just thought that was awesome but um uh I think that's everything important do you want me to go ahead and jump into the bio of the lovely A.L. Jackson yes okay A.L. Jackson is the New York Times and USA Today best-selling author of contemporary romance she writes emotional, sexy, heart-filled stories about boys who usually like to be a little bit bad. Her best stories include the Regret series, Closer to You, Bleeding Stars, Fight for Me, Confessions of the Heart, and Falling Stars novels. Check out her latest Friends to Lovers, Beneath the Stars, available now. If she's not writing, you can find her hanging out by the pool with her family, sipping cocktails with her friends, or of course, with her nose buried in a book. Let's go chat out with A.L. Jackson. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast. A.L. Jackson, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. We are super stoked to talk to you. You are just like an iconic author. Like when I think about like when I first started reading indie romance, like it's like I have, I have like, you have like the big four, like you have like the big four when you first start, right? And like A.L. Jackson's like always in there. And so like- (laughs) I you're such an iconic author for so many people I feel like and we're just so stoked to get into these questions with you um but yeah so I'm gonna let Stevie go ahead and take away the first portion of the questions and then I'm just gonna be like support all right because <laughs> we get to talk about give me a reason so excited. and I'm excited to talk about this book <laughs> um so you had the new book out which came out August 30th yes um and it's a single dad enemies to lovers like chef kisses um and i have said this to multiple probably multiple authors i've talked to this last week that this is hands- multiple times yep and this is probably hands down one of your best books that you've ever written oh thank you and you've written a lot of amazing books like i'm pretty <laughs> sure we've all read them <laughs> yes <laughs> so this is trenton eden's story um what was the inspiration behind this You know, I got asked this question the other day and it's always so hard for me to pinpoint where inspiration comes from because I have like a process of like, I start writing books and like I start a specific book and I just write different ideas until it comes together and like makes sense in my head. So I actually started this book like three or four times because I was going to write a spinoff MC romance from my book, Kiss the Stars, because there's a MC mentioned in that that Lake was a part of. Um, that you meet a couple of those guys in that book. And I had intended on writing a spinoff of that. When I got there and I was like, ooh, that world's really dark. And I didn't really feel prepared to write that kind of story yet. But then I kind of wanted to still write like 
it just started coming to me and I was like, oh, maybe I want to do it like somebody that like got away from that life. And like, what does that look like after? So I was like playing with the characters and looking at different images and reading stories about, you know, different like bikers and people that got out of, um, you know, that world and all that sort of thing. And the story just kind of sparked to life that way. I read a book about a guy who was a part of the Hell's Angels. It was like a doctor. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was like a, it was like a, um, what is it? A biography, I guess, an autobiography about this guy who was a part of the Hell's Angels and like, you know, got out of it or whatever. And I'm gonna be like, I was like, listen, I'm gonna tell you right now, anybody that comes to me and is like, Sons of Anarchy ain't real. I'm gonna be like, bro, go talk to somebody right <laughs> that's how's angels like and i mean i generally don't think that people realize that there are like definitely like one percenters out there like MCs. Yeah. like it's legit it happens yeah right? yep so it's amazing i always say you know it's so funny you know that cliche truth is stranger than fiction but like fictional stories come from real stories you Absolutely. know i mean like that is totally it's totally a thing and there's bad people out there and there's good people out there and there's people that make mistakes and so there's so much, you know, material. Somebody that had to about. get the idea of Sons of Anarchy. That shit didn't just come out of the <laughs> Oh, and also, if you do watch Sons of Anarchy, this is just as, uh, this is the randomest thing that has ever popped up in my head in my entire life. If you do watch Sons of Anarchy, Smiley or Happy, that's what they call him. He has, he's the one with like the smiley faces all over his stomach for every person he's ever killed. He was actually a part of the Hells Angels. Like he was not an actor. Like he like was. Oh, he, he was, was like. like came yeah. from there and was oh my gosh yeah, that's so he cool was actually a part of the hell's angels and like, also kind of terrifying yeah had like right. life and kurt sutter the creator of sons of anarchy like pulled him in and made him a character on sons of anarchy that and i was just crazy. like oh imagine like trying to fake being a biker around a real biker i would pass out <laughs> yeah, totally. like, I would, the I would pressure pass out. the pressure <laughs> yeah it's like oh god this is great all right so you keep going <laughs> All right, so there's a lot to unpack here because Trent is very broken. Um, he's been through a lot. And he's still running away from his past in some ways. Um, so what was your favorite part about writing Trent's character? Because he was probably one of my favorite heroes that you've written. He definitely became mine too. And so I think that you know, when I set out to, once, once the story kind of took shape and I knew what I was going to write, I really wanted to write like a really act, like this is like the first, like I always write kind of bad guys, but they're not really bad guys. You know, they really haven't, it's usually like mistakes that they made that set something in motion where Trent was like the first guy that I wrote that actually had like lived a criminal life and did really bad things. Yeah. Like knowing that he was, you know, committing sins and crimes and all these things and hurting people. And so I, knew that I was going to kind of delve into that, but I knew that I wanted to write a story of redemption. And I think that that was like my favorite part is like his guilt over his past life and like seeing him bloom to life under somebody's belief. Like that was just such an incredible thing to write. I love those. Redemption stories are always my favorite. I'm a sucker for a bad boy with a redemption arc. <laughs> I love, that's what I love to write. I mean, that's, and that's really what I write about is like forgiveness and redemption and, you know, finding who we are in our circumstances. So this one was, um, you know, and I was kind of brutal in, in the flashbacks with him. Cause I was like, Oh, am I going to do this? And I was like, all right, I'm just going to go for it. And so I just, I really loved writing who he was after those experiences. Love it. I love it. Cause boy, did you give us some twists and turns in there and drop some bombs? I was not <laughs> expecting. Yeah, it was kind of, I didn't expect him either. I kind of was going and I was like, holy shit, that's happening right now. 
<laughs> I think I had to pick my jaw up off the ground a couple times because I was like, <laughs> I, it, you just were not like you read the blurbs all the time in books but when you read a blurb that doesn't give everything away it's sometimes some of the best books yeah because there's so many twists and turns that kind of just like leave you shell-shocked it's like yeah. I was not expecting that when I put through this book but you know what it's like do I like this I like this we're going, yeah. we're going. I read the biggest blurbs ever and sometimes people are like oh my gosh I really want to know more like what is in the story but I just feel like it gives it away. Like you're, the whole thing about a story is you're supposed to experience it organically and without, you know, having read spoilers and all those things. So yeah. I usually am pretty, I'm like, it's a love story. There's some suspense in it. There's going to be some mystery and a secret. <laughs> so this is how I had so go many people ask me to tell them like, what can I expect out of this? I'm like, no, just read it. I'm like, just read it because I feel like if I tell you, you're not going to be as surprised. Yeah, I know. And if you get like, you know, those, those hints and stuff and, and people always want to know. And I know some people like will flip back and like see what it is, but that's okay. If that's like what a person wants to do, but I always recommend just go in blind. Yeah. Listen, I wish, okay. I wish I could do that, but my anxiety is like, no. So I saw, I saw this thing on TikTok, which TikTok has taught me more about the world and life than anything. <laughs> Where does stuff? So I saw this thing on TikTok and it was talking about, do you rewatch television shows and reread the same books over and over and over again, with like, and you never start anything new? And I was like, yes, I do that all the time. And he was like, well, then you have, you know, anxiety. Like that's a, that's it. I was like, well, I knew that. Right. But like, it was that just. That is so interesting. That is, yeah. Cause then you can like trust what's going to happen. Cause you exactly. know what's, what's going to go down. Like, it's like if you start something new, you get anxious because you're like, oh my God, like what's like, you don't know what emotion it's going to evoke when you yes. read it, right? So that makes yeah. you uncomfortable. And that's literally me. Okay. Cause it's like, listen, I read a blurb for a book the other day and I was like, oh my God, this sounds so cute. I was like, let me just, you know, flip on through it. And then by the end of it, I was like tissues. Like I was like snotting. I was like, this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> like that <laughs> Colleen Hoover book that we wouldn't tell you anything about. I hate y'all for that. I hate y'all for doing that to me. Uh, Colleen Hoover is like the queen of deception. I will never forgive her for that ever. But anyways, moving forward. But they're so incredible. You just have to do it. Like take the pain, you know, that's like. Oh my God, uh, no, but like, but like I've never, I had up to that point, I had never read a Colleen Hoover book before. Not because of any other reason besides like I just hadn't gotten to read them yet. And Stevie and another one of our friends were like, read read it you just have to read it and wait crap I forgot what the name it was it was it was that it ends with us it ends with us yeah it was they were like you just gotta read it it's really good read and I was like fine so I and then I was like I hate you all I hate everybody <laughs> for making me read this and that was like the last traumatic book it's, I've read that's such yeah. an incredible book though it is but that one was hard for sure God, just wait until the movie comes out I'm not I'm not watching it <laughs> <laughs> So, okay. All right. Moving forward. Go ahead, Stevie. Okay. So what, we talked about the twists and turns that you take with this story. So what made you want to do twists and turns with Eden? Because Eden's backstory is one that people will not see coming. Um, it just kind of evolved that way in my mind, you know, cause I, I don't want to give too much away. I always get nervous when somebody asks me a question like that, because I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to like say what it is. But I think that, um, I wanted her to be as shocked about her past life as the rest of the readers. So I liked having that experience weaved in that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, total sense. 
I tell you what, like, I know this won't really give too much away, but the letters were perfect. Like that oh, was, the, that was one of my favorite parts of this book. I love letters. Oh, that's so amazing. Yeah. Because I was like, how am I going to do this? Like, that was one of the things that I like added at the very end, because I was like, you know, I knew what I wanted to happen, but I was like, I don't know how to like get this woven into the story and make it plausible and all that sort of thing. And then, so I was like talking with my editor and we were like, you know, so we went back and forth and I was like, yes, these letters. And they ended up being like some of the, I loved writing the letters because they just had like a vibe about them that were like, so I don't know, I, I love the letters. And any reader who reads it at first, they're probably going to be like, what's the relevance of them? But you finally understand at the end, like what the relevance of those letters were, because you don't really know why she's getting them at first. You just kind of yeah. like see them and you hear like she re- like she's reading them and that's it. And you're like, what's going on here? <laughs> right. You, and it's a puzzle. It's a, literally a puzzle. It's a little by little. You put the pieces together about yeah. why. And that's kind of what I wanted is to be like this whole thing that was like, you know, until it comes I'm be up to like 3 a.m. finishing it because I'm like, because oh I like to guess like <laughs> like my anxiety is like, just guess it because if you guess it, you're prepared for it. Yeah. Like I know that I have you know, my books can be angsty, but I always try to give, like, I always will write an HEA. Like, I will, under yeah. A.L. Jackson, like, maybe under another pen name some other time if I'm writing women's fiction or something like that, like, I might not, but as far as, like, romance, like, I demand an, a happily ever after for myself as a reader. Like, I hate reading stories that, like, end up being, like, that I'm caught off guard and, like, somebody dies or something like that. So I always, like, it's rough to get you there, but I'm, I'm always going to give you that satisfaction at the end. So you can always count on that if you're reading some one of my books. Give me, like, some authors give me, like, oh, my God, my dad just poked his head in here. Right? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, no, it's fine. Oh. My kids were playing. They were, like, going to play video games. And they're, when I say kids, 21 and 18, my boys. And uh, they're, oh, like... Duty. <laughs> yeah and they were and they were like well we'll just like go to Eli's house because you know we'll be shouting at each other you know the the cuss words that come out of the room when the absolutely ridiculous her dad likes to make appearances we oh. recently did an indie author panel with uh Jen Sterling and Candy Steiner and Willow Winters oh so and fun he, and he like burst <laughs> into the room like okay so for this fire alarm right here the he, I don't know, it's like he says he changes the batteries in them, but they just keep beeping, right? So during this whole indie author panel, this stupid thing is beeping in this room, and he he comes in here not knowing that I'm live, and he's like, what's up? And I'm like, I'm busy at the moment. And then Ben is like, thanks for fixing the fire alarms, dad. And then of course he has to like come in. Of course she did. did. And she he has to like. Me? you know, be old dad and like show off. Cause that's who he is. Yeah. But, uh, love it. know, whatever it's, stressful. but you know what? That's so fun. Like I love like, you know, the interruption sometimes when I'm watching stuff are like the best part of shows. It ended up being a very funny part of this like whole panel because it ended up getting like 700 likes on TikTok. I love it. Exactly. That is fantastic. It's stressful. Very stressful. All and right. Willow coined the phrase TikTok daddy. So that is <laughs> not what we're known for. Like, yes, let's just give him a bigger ego than he already has. His head already <laughs> He's like, what are we doing in the next video? I know, right? For real. For literally. All right. So when you first started this book, did you have any idea that how much angst and raw emotion you would evoke with Eden and Trent's story? 
And honestly, like, how was that for you? Like, yes, maybe that um, was when I <laughs> Honestly, like, I was caught off guard by the chemistry between them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I've written a lot of books, and my favorite book up to this one had been Where Lightning Strikes because Lyric and Tamar just were like this like fiery intensity every time they were on the page, and not since them, I don't think that you know. And I I always try to write the best books I possibly can, and I'm in love with my characters, you know. But like, there was just something special about Lyric and Tamar for me. And I yeah. felt that same thing writing Trent and Eden. And so I don't think, I think it just took me by surprise, like how like in depth and like their connection was going to be. And like, mm-hmm. just Trent just had this, I don't know, his personality just like took me over. And every time, like I was in his point of view writing, I was like, like so into it, you know, and like looking at pictures of my inspiration of him. And I was like, oh my God, I love this guy so much, you know? So um, I don't know that. I planned it any differently than I plan any other book. Just sometimes I get a feeling when I'm writing and just the words come out a little bit differently. I love that. I I think one of my, I think my, my probably my favorite book by you is Hold On to Hope. Most of oh, love books. that one too. <laughs> we love and, some Frankie. She's so and cute, isn't she? And like Evan is like, you know, I love writing him as a child. So it was so fun to get to write, you I know, their him. love story. I loved him. He was such like an atypical, he was not a very typical hero. I loved him. I loved that he was deaf. I loved, I loved him so much. Awesome. It yeah. I love writing it, you know, and I love that like he like signed against her skin and stuff. I was like, oh my God, like I just, I freaking love this. <laughs> I always get chills when I think about that book. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that book flowed out of me. That was the easiest book I ever wrote. Like it was just like, that's oh what I'm like, done. So. That's one of the few handful of books that I actually enjoy. Like, I don't mind flashbacks. I just think that they need to be like tastefully done. So they're not like overdone where the story doesn't get like meshed and confused, you know? And I think that those are like one of the, that's one of the handful of books that I love. The, I think the flashbacks were put in like so perfectly. They flowed like so awesome. well that it almost felt like it wasn't even like going back. Like it felt like it was just another piece of this puzzle that just like fell in so well. I love them. They're iconic. Hey, They're like, that cool. makes me happy because I do get room for my flashbacks every once in a while. But <laughs> I, love I love it. I think you do them. So I can't well. write a story without writing a flashback. I'm like, yeah, their past is so always intrinsic to the current story. It seems like yeah. so. Well, I think you do them perfectly. So don't stop what you're doing because I think what makes awesome. me laugh though is a lot of people didn't realize that Hold On to Hope was a spinoff, right? I did not of another series that you did because it was the children. Mm-hmm of one of your other couples right yeah actually and like, two of your other couples it was interesting because they you know and everybody the thing is like my my reader readers that read every single one of my books like they demanded that story they wanted it so bad you know and I was super excited to write it like I always knew I was going to write it just like I know I'm going to write um Callie and Brendan's story from um Leading Stars eventually someday and um but like everybody else was kind of confused by it like it's yeah. probably one of my least selling books because they just didn't know where it fit. Well, I like it. I loved it. It's one of my favorites. Thank you. Thank I you. just so happened to had read that series. That was actually one of the first series that I had ever read by you. Like that. And we're talking, I'm an OG reader from like indie reader to 2012. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so the way all back the way back. Love, thank you. <laughs> thank you for being with me that long. Like that back then, that was like the core people. It was Colleen Hoover. It was you. It was Jen. It was Abby Glines. Those were the ones you, and Je- a lot of people don't know this. And when I repeat it, people laugh at me still. Jennifer Armentrout used to write contemporary romance yes. all the time before and she that's how, that I, that's how I first knew her, even though, I mean, she's like, you know, 
huge such an epic story. She has so many amazing stories, but like that's how I first heard of her. I loved her college series. Like she in did 2000, in 2012, I was still reading Wattpad. I was on Wattpad <laughs> <laughs> because like. And I think that's like, so I think it's like the beauty of like the indie community. So like in 2012, I was reading Wattpad, right? And basically Wattpad is just like fan fiction smut, okay? Right. I was- I used to read on fan fiction all the time. I love fan fiction. I still do. I still do. If I like find a story that I love and I want more of something. I'm going to, I'm going to expose myself real quick and I don't even care, but I literally read like a, like it was like 75 chapters, a 75 chapter fan fiction on Wattpad like four weeks ago about Hermione and Draco from Harry Potter. And it was so good. like, yes, this is so good. <laughs> this is the most amazing thing I've ever read. But when I was reading on Wattpad, and then I was trying to find traditionally published books that felt, had that same vibe, you know, that I felt like got into like the nitty gritty of emotions and they were angsty and they hurt. And I was like, where do I find these in like traditional paperbacks? And there just wasn't any. And then I found any publishing and I was like, psych. I was like, yeah. just kidding. And that's what it is. I mean, and that was, that's the beauty of indie is that like, it's just raw, you know? I mean, like yeah. you can write whatever you want. You don't have somebody like telling you like, this isn't allowed and you know, you can't do that. And like, you gotta, you know, oh, this is too much of that. You gotta cut this out kind of thing. And, and I think we just got, I think indie brought um, deep romance to the table that, before. And I yep. think that it changed the way traditional publishers look at, you know, yep. like romance Definitely. like that. Like, I think it opened the door for people to want to be like hybrids because traditional publishers saw how well these like raw, unfiltered indie published books were doing. And they were like, well, shit, we might as well just like hop onto that train. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And I think and they it opened did. the door for a lot of, of like hybrid authors to like move into traditional publishing and that's what they want to do. And so, yeah, I just think e-publishing was just amazing. It was like, it was like a life source for myself. Yeah. And like many- It is amazing. Like I still like, it's funny because I keep like trying to expand what I read because I read a lot of betas for like my author friends and- yeah. You know, I just try to, you know, a lot of people I'm close with. So I'm like either baiting or like giving a blurb or whatever, but then I'm like, okay, I'm going to like once a month, like set aside, like, you know, reading something that's traditional outside of like my normal genre kind of thing. And I never enjoy it as much as I enjoy reading one of my indie novels. Something about it, just a spark. I'm telling you. And it's like you read a traditionally published book and you're like, oh my God, a hot steamy sex scene would have been so great right now, right there. there. (laughs) Like flipping through like, wait, what? Too bad. Like, where is it? <laughs> I'm missing some pages in here. Yeah, it's like, and not I to think- like, you know, and I know there's amazing stories, you know, not to diss traditional publishing. Like, I, there's a huge oh, place for not. it, you know, and there's, you know what I mean? Like, that's okay. Yeah. But like, for me, I want that raw, gritty romance. I want to feel yeah. it all when I'm reading a story. For me, when I read any traditionally published book, it's normally not romance. Like, I'll probably read like a nonfiction, or I'm like, I really like thrillers and, um, like horror so like Stephen King so the only time I'm reading anything traditionally published is honestly when I'm reading like a nonfiction or something like that just because I just like you like you said I just enjoy the unfilteredness yeah. of any yeah. but Stevie now ask your favorite question of like all time well well I have one more before that one oh, but I'd yeah, also like to say you brought I up totally just skip that whole freaking thing go you ahead. brought up Wattpad and this happened today on uh TikTok Abby Glines announced that she's coming to Wattpad <laughs> 
Wattpad's the shit. I'm telling you. I was on Wattpad. She's for ready like, to Indie Pod. She's ready to jump ship and post on there. I was like, oh I was boy. on Wattpad before we had page stories. I was on Wattpad and read the kissing booth when it was like before it was published <laughs> and all of that. I read it. Oh my god. And I read after when it was a fan fiction about Harry Styles. I was OG Wattpad. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love it. Okay, so now Redemption Hills is going to be a series. Um, so what can readers expect in 2022 from Judd and Logan's stories? So yes, I'm working on Judd's story right now. I'll say it's forever. And I have to be honest and say like, it was so hard to move on from Eden and Trent's story. So I've kind of like been struggling to like get the right vibe because I love Judd so much in that book and that I like didn't exactly know like what what was his story going to be so I kind of started on one tangent and then I got like literally to 70,000 words you guys and I just scrapped it this weekend (gasps) (laughs) I could never I could never but it's something I do so like I just and I knew like I I would literally have a panic attack to just say goodbye to like 70,000 words oh I cried I cried I had a meltdown And then my husband was like, babe, like, you know, like your story is what they need to be. You stop and you start over all the time. Just go with your gut. So like, I already am like two chapters in and I'm like, yes, like just immediately it clicked. And I'm like, I can see Judd and like who he's supposed to be and all the things. So it's flowing down. So yes, you'll get Judd's story, States Forever in 2022. And you should definitely also get Logan's. Possibly, I just added a fourth book to the series because I wasn't going to do it, but everybody has been asking for Tessa's story. I was so going to say, because I need Tessa's story after I love her. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for me to write like the sub characters that are like, they're always like the comic relief in my really heavy stories. So everybody always wants their story. And I'm like, I don't think I can do that for an entire 120,000 words, like that real lighthearted thing. But I don't, yeah. that's not natural for me to write that way I have to like push myself to write those kind of scenes so it's usually like smaller segments that are like interspersed throughout to give like a little break from the heaviness but I actually have a story idea for her and I'm actually really excited about it so I'm gonna go I mean, with it. Tessa could be a really good character for for one of the bouncers at uh absolution <laughs> well there you go <laughs> like I literally sat there and I'm like Tessa needs a book to help you guys <laughs> Okay, so this is this is my favorite question to ask, and this okay. is really interesting. And it gets uh, authors hate me when I ask this question because they they have a hard time answering it. Okay, so if you could turn "Give Me a Reason" into a movie or a TV show, who would you cast as the roles? Okay, so I read that question, and I actually had to pull my reader group because I was like. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like, I do not know because I am not really good about like following like actors and actresses. Like I'm like, I don't know who's who or whatever. And, um, everybody was like, um, what is her name? Juliana Hugh, Hugh, how, how do you say her oh, name? Juliana oh, Juliana Huff. Um, yes. And so everybody was posting pictures of her and I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like that totally, like she totally works. But yeah. my inspiration, we're just going to have to absolutely. And she's a dancer. Yes. And so like, they were like posting, like, and I was like, yes, she's like so perfect. And, um, we would just have to like teach Stephen James how to like act because oh. he's like the only person who could actually play the role of Trent. <laughs> oh my God. He is the original. Listen, I'm telling you right now, 
every single Wattpad book I ever read that was mafia, he was on the cover. <laughs> now, anytime that I read any mafia story, doesn't matter if it's in a series where it's a standalone, every single hero looks like him. In my You're head. like, this is just who he is. It's yeah. just him. He's just carrying over. He's He's got multiple names. He's got multiple jobs, but they all look the same. It head. all leads to the same man. <laughs> it's the same man. Oh my God, and I love his tattoos. I genuinely had this epiphany. I was... <laughs> I was at work and I was like reading what was it I think it was Lost Boy by Monica Robinson and he's on the cover of that yeah. book and I I love that book and I was like you know reading it and I was at work like pacing back and forth and I was like telling all of my work like uh my what the, what the heck are they called your people you work with I lost it colleagues I was telling them all about this book right and then I was telling them about Stephen James and I had this epiphany and I was like, dude, if I could just meet him for like 15 minutes, we would be best friends. I'm telling you, like he has like a whole sleeve dedicated to Salvador Dali, which is like my favorite artist. And then he has like this Hindu goddess on his stomach. And I'm like, bro, I like, I like literally took like eight courses in religion in college. Like, I'm telling you, we'd be best friends, best friends. <laughs> like, he would never give me the time of day. <laughs> I heard okay. he's really nice actually, but. I love him. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. He's so pretty. I feel like she's one of the few authors that actually answered that question. She did. Really? Yeah. Oh, I like that was literally the question I had to do research for though, because I read through your questions and I was like, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer. Because I would have a really hard time. Like I would, it's a dream. It would be a dream for like one of my books to be made into a movie. Yeah. But at the same time, it would be really hard to watch that interpretation because it's going to be different than what I visualize in my head. It's the same as like narrations like you know I love my audio narrators but it's like it's not the same voice that I heard when I was writing the story so it's really hard for yeah. me to listen to those and like the different inflections and that sort of thing because that's like not exactly what I visualized and so I've had to come to the point where I'm like okay that's okay because it's like their interpretation of what that's I wrote cool. so I know like if somebody were to ever you know make one of my you know take one of my storylines and make it a movie like I would have to be okay to be like okay it's their interpretation kind of thing so but it would be weird to see like what who would be cast because I have a very like so like lyric and Trent in my head were kind of the same and like like lyrics was my um my inspiration is um Ronnie Radke from Falling Reverse which is one of my favorite bands and so that was my that was my lyric yes he's like I love him I I love him so much he's like the biggest asshole on the face of the planet right but he's so cute but you know what I mean? Like, there's just something about him that you're just like, oh. I'm telling you, I'd be like, I don't care who you cast as long as I can be on set, you know? Plus <laughs> his daughter is so cute. Adorable, right? Yeah. As long yeah. as I can be on set, I don't care. Cause like, imagine they cast like Henry Cavill, you know, like, just let me, just let me be on set. Like, I mean, I don't even have, to, I don't even have to be, I don't even have to be up front, you know, I could just be in the back, just watching. <laughs> and as long as he has to, he has to have that witcher hair. He has to look like he does in The Witcher. I <laughs> give my left lung to, to just like watch him act in The Witcher, like behind the scenes. <laughs> I'd give my left lung. I swear to God, I would. Oh, oh, yeah, I just want to be on set. That's all that matters to me. So I personally would have loved to have been behind the scenes with uh, of Sex Life. B.B. Reed. Yeah. For B.B. Easton during uh, the sex shower scene. I would have passed out. I would have I loved got to, to be watch it yet. It. I, you know, I've read the book, but I haven't got to watch the. I, I'm like one of those people that is so devoted. If I'm watching shows, yeah. like I have to finish them before I start something else. So I'm not there yet. Like it'll be my next. What are you finishing? 
So I have like different shows I watch with different people in my family. So by myself, I'm watching Lucifer because I heard like, okay, for years, you guys, I did not watch any television at all. And I was just like so devoted to writing and like building my backlist and like just so obsessed with writing, Yeah, which is a good thing. But at the same time, like I kind of like neglected self-care and relaxation. Like there's something to be said about sitting your ass on the couch for an hour in the evening just to like unwind. And so finally, like two years ago, I was like, I'm going to start giving myself time to watch some TV. So I'm watching Lucifer by myself. Oh my God. And my husband and I are watching Good Girls, which okay. I love that show. Guy on there, I don't know what his name is, but. Oh, I know. Oh my God. Um, oh, <laughs> I cannot even handle it. And then with um, our son, we're watching Atypical. I have heard that that is so good. I want to watch. It's a that. very good show. Lucifer is amazing. I don't know what season you're on, but it's so I'm only good. on three. And I, you know, I, and I really only like watching one every day or every couple of days or I whatever, but I love it so much. It's so I good. It's so good. It's All so right, Stevie, so ask the last question for this one and then we'll move on to writing questions. So what is next for 2021? For 2021? Yeah. I'll just be, I'll just be writing because it takes me like six months to write a book. Yeah. So I'll just be over here getting Judd's story on the paper, hoping it comes together and that I don't start over again because I'd already been working on it for three months, you guys, when I scrapped it, but it'll be good. That's just like my rule. Like if I don't, if I'm not feeling it, then I just won't sacrifice the quality of a book just to get it out kind of thing, you know, and I I probably could have salvaged it, but it would not have been as good as it will be if I give myself the time to do it. It's quality over quantity. That's what I hope. Sometimes it's frustrating though, because you know, as a writer, that's like our job to write. So, um, but I'm slow, and I just had to come to you know, 30 books later, I've had to realize like, dude, you are not going to be somebody that's you know putting out five or six books a year ever. Yeah, I feel that on a spiritual level. So, moving. Speaking of writing, we're going to move to writing questions. Okay. So, when did you first realize that you wanted to be a writer slash author? Um. So I never really knew that I wanted to be a novelist like I used to write poetry in college and when I was in high school I thought I wanted to be a journalist because I think I thought like at the time that was the only thing you could like do with words um you know so like I like in my head like that was like the natural progression of what I would do um and then I didn't do any of that of course and I got married and had kids and stopped reading and just I did I ran a medical transcription service for years um, which was amazing because I could do it at home with my kids. And then um, as my kids got older, I started reading again and kind of that like spark for words like flamed again. And so I just like so randomly one time, like sat down at night and started writing the story that popped in my head, thinking nothing would ever come of it. And it took me a year. I wrote it completely at night. And um, my best friend ended up like I ended up telling her one drunken night that I was writing the story or whatever and she ended up reading it and she loved it and she's like you have to get this published and never stopped writing after that I love the amount of authors that come on here and they're like yeah I just wrote one book thinking that I'd never like publish it and it would never go anywhere and I would never write any again and then here they are 50 books later yes (laughs) I mean but that's really where it starts right is like can I do this because like when you sit down with a blank page the first time, like you have no idea if you can like actually make a book come together kind of thing. Yeah. And I didn't know if I could, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I have no like formal training or anything like that. And, but again, it was like, indie was brand new. So I was able to like pop in there and make it happen. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like writing in general, like being an author feels like such an unrealistic career when you're younger. 
until you actually do it. And you're like, oh, you can just write books, you know, like it yeah. is just writing, you know, you write books, you know? And so like when I was in school, I was like, I wanted to do anything that had to do with books, right? And my dumb ass, I was like, I'm going to be an editor and I'm dyslexic. I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> That's awesome. Like, wait a minute. You're so stupid. There's no way that that would have ever worked. But I would have, I would have been like, I work in the mail room at like a publishing company or something because I just wanted to be around books. books. Yeah. And so, and I think it feels like such like an unrealistic goal for people. And I feel like now it's not as you know unrealistic, and it's you know doors open for a lot more people, which I love. So. When are you like a plotter? Are you a pantser? Or are you like somewhere in between with the word um, pantser? That kind of pretty like much pretty much a pantser. Like I kind of have an I, you know, obviously I always know like, you know, that I'm going towards a happily ever after. And I always write a little bit of suspense into my story. So I have like a vague idea of what's happening, but this is why I start and start over all the time because I don't really have like a solid idea of what the book's gonna look like when I start. So it just takes me, so I kind of just build as I go and then I'll go in and layer and like, oh, that makes sense. I'm going to make that happen. Or I'll be like, this doesn't work at all, but I'm going to take this element and this element and like write a whole nother book around it. So really like chapter by chapter, I have no idea what's happening. I envy you on such a, like a mistake, like such a level. You have no idea how much I envy you for that. <laughs> what is that? It's, that's craziness. That I, I literally <laughs> envy you so much. Like I, I cannot, because I have to feel like so I, I, my first draft, I write very quickly, like in, and like my second draft takes me like four months. Right. Oh, but wow. I'm the type That's of person awesome. where I have to like reward myself with completing something, because if I take my time on the first one, I'll feel like my brain will get like overwhelmed. It's like, Oh my God, you have no idea how the end's going to go. You don't know what the next chapter is. Like if I don't have a plot, if I don't plot, like, even if it is like, I don't even use the plot. If I don't plot or outline, I'll, I'll, I'll be a mess. I don't know what, I'll have a complete breakdown. I'll get phone calls at two o'clock in the morning. You know, they make these amazing, you know, storyboards that they know every single thing that's going to happen. I just don't visualize my stories like that when I take off. I wish I had your brain because I would like to do that. So (laughs) do you have any interesting writing quirks? Like when you know that it's time to write, like, do you have to like be eating Twizzlers or like drink some like tea or like wear the same <laughs> I mean, just coffee, you know, I mean, it's, but I just like stumble into my office in the morning and like start writing, you know, I don't, I don't really have anything. I just treat it like a job. So it's basically like, you know, even though I'm working from home, it's like I get up and I go to work in the morning kind of thing. Yeah. Hey, whatever works, whatever works. So this is my favorite question of the writing portion. <laughs> what is the weirdest thing that you have had to Google for a book? probably like you know what kind of hole does a certain kind of bullet or gun make in somebody <laughs> like what does the exit wound look like <laughs> yeah. That's actually you know, and I'm so- always like so hesitant like should I really like search that right now kind of thing so yeah. every, <laughs> every author, author everywhere is on a watch list of some sort like, um, yeah. already <laughs> like, so yeah those are like the ones that make me uncomfortable. Like when you're, but you know, there's like so many true crime stories like out there. So I think people probably research that kind of stuff all the time because their like brains are going there. Yeah. But it is like, you know, and sometimes you can like get it like in a dark hole if you, so I try not to do too much, you know, where I can just kind of get the basics of what yeah. I want to know. 
and I don't get too deep into it. Oh no, I gotta get too deep. I gotta get deep into it. Like I gotta get deep. <laughs> it's like I'm submerged. I'm submerged. It. I'm here. I'm already on the watch list. I might as well just keep going. And like, I'm going for it. My poor husband, like anytime it's anytime, anything violent that has to occur, I ask him. So he likes to he likes to hunt. So like obviously he knows how to use a weapon. And so like anytime anything violent, I have to write something. I'm like, yo, I'm like, so if I'm to shoot this weapon, what's the recoil like on this on this thing? And he's like, why, why do you need to know that? I'm like, because I need to be there. I need to, like, like, I need to know there. how it feels in the hand. Like, you got to describe it. You got to yes. describe it. Like, what is it? Like, does it recoil? Does it not? And then, like, he spent, like, an hour explaining to me, like, the different types of guns and, like, how they work and what their recoil was. And I'm just sitting here just, like, writing all these notes down. But I'll, like, <laughs> call him into my office, like, every every like every other day and he'll be like what kind of like homicide like, what, what are we now? talking about today yeah, yeah. <laughs> poor thing well my brother I, worry. I always <laughs> ask him you know questions about weapons and stuff like that and he's like oh no use this gun instead <laughs> yeah 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 he's like that's not gonna work he's yeah. like that's not gonna work you gotta use this gun. Yeah. but you got it all wrong out, I was trying to figure out like okay so I, this is I'm not this is like crazy I'm gonna sound like an insane person but I was trying to figure out what knife to use because there's this character I have that has like an obsession with them and I was trying to figure out what knife to use that would like successfully like skin a person you know and <laughs> you can't my, tell she's writing my, that romance my, my, my husband <laughs> was like is there like a specific knife for that and he was like wait and so he pulls out this like this like what is it it's like a it's like a palette of knives I'm like first of all why do you have that and he's like, it's like a hunting kit, you know, like when you kill a deer, you have to like, there's certain like knives you use in it. And he's like this thing. And he pulls out this knife that has like a hook on the edge of it. And he's like, this thing, you just like, you cut a slit. I'm getting chills right now. Just thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. And it's like, you cut a slit and you like hook it in the skin and you can just like peel it back. And I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> and he's like, you have issues. Like, don't let anybody else hear you talk about this. Yeah. No, no. It's fine. So what is, speaking of family. What does your family think about your writing and have any of them read your books? Um, they are so great about it. You know, my boys love to make fun of me just because, you know, they're teenage boys. They're older now, but like, especially yeah. when they're teenagers, they're like, mom writes, you know, my 18 year old is continue like obsessed with like, am I writing butt stuff today? <laughs> like that's always his question. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he That sounds like up. my dad, honestly. Yeah. So, but my daughter actually has, um, she has a marketing degree. And so she's my marketing manager and we work together. So she is like the last ear on all my books. So, you know, she definitely, like we're always doing stuff together. So it's super, super amazing. I love that. That just made my heart so happy. I want yeah, to say it so was great. Laura, I think it was Laura Pavlov who was telling me, she was like, I love her daughter. Everybody loves Devin. She's so amazing. It's so great. <laughs> like but my dad's the same way though my dad's like you write porn and I'm like no, like, no. yeah that whole like, thing like when people are like you write, I'm like okay guys I'm like dad <laughs> remain calm and he I mean he's got a shirt that says my daughter's in the porn industry it's like, <laughs> he doesn't wear it he just does it to annoy me he's like yeah you just work in the porn industry I'm like that no I don't <laughs> it's just like you stress me out like don't ever say those words sorry if you guys can hear my dog snoring on the ground <laughs> Oh, you're totally fine. Oh, anyway. wow. So Stevie, go ahead. Well, she, Stevie's going to take reading questions now. Okay. Okay. So this can either be one of your books or a, somebody else's book. What okay. book has your favorite cover? Um, I would say it's going to be mine because I'm obsessed with my covers, you guys. Like I spend so much time making sure it's perfect. And my Beneath the Stars cover is my favorite cover of all time. 
Oh, I, love it. I do love that cover. For that entire series is so pretty. Yes. So pretty. I love all of those. I like like the transparent background of like the title kind of thing it's got going on, like that burnt thing. Yes. I love it. Yes, I love I love the design. And I like like a real, you know, emo- like I love the emotional feel, but then it has to have like an overlay that really takes it deeper to make it just, you know, like we always mess with the picture because I, I like like a feel about it. Me too. It looks great. I love that whole series. I don't know. That give me a reason cover though. It's pretty too. I know it's amazing. I love it so much. But I, I think it's also like, very pretty. I think it's because there's a scene in Beneath the Stars that I like exactly. They're like the one couple that they're that covers exactly what I visual because I always do my covers after I write my stories, yeah. and they are exactly what I pictured when I was writing. Like when I came upon that picture, I was like, oh my god, like that's literally them um where like I think give me a reason like I love that cover so much but they weren't quite exactly what I pictured when I wrote it so I think like I had a real affinity that it actually felt like those are like my characters yeah I love that I love that so what attracts you to a book the cover the blurb a recommendation or the title um definitely first the cover and then I'll read the blurb um and sometimes blurbs can be you know, really draw me in, but then they're kind of, I like when a blurb is a little bit vague and I don't know that much about it. So I'll kind of just like, you know, hear like a buzz about a story. So like if the cover is really beautiful and I've kind of heard some things, I'll be like, oh yeah, that's something I want to read. Definitely. I'm the same. same. I think I'm the same. Yeah. I'm a sucker for a good cover though. Yeah. I mean, it's literally the first thing you see and stops. Like if a cover stops me my tracks, I'm probably just going to buy it. Me too. I do that so much. My husband hates me for it. Yeah, you're like, okay, you know, the- I have another book. I don't know when I'm going to read it, but I had to have it. I have a book. Yeah, I know. He exactly. actually did it with the Claire Contreras book. I did. And I had that book for like, so it's the fables. I love Claire's covers. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's the fables and other lies, right? Yes. And I saw, so it, cool. saw it on Instagram. Somebody had reviewed it. They gave like a five-star review. And I didn't even read the caption. I saw the cover and immediately went to Amazon, bought it. At the cart. <laughs> had the book for like four months four months I didn't even know what it was about I had no idea and Stevie was like it's gothic romance like you'll love it and I was like so I read it and I did love it but I was just like I had this book for like four months I didn't even know if I planned on reading it I just needed it on my shelf because I thought it was <laughs> well the worst part was or the well the funny part was is that Claire Contreras is actually what was one of our anniversary episodes yeah and I oh had that's awesome that okay. so she got to read it for a specific, especially for that episode yeah. <laughs> I was like shout out to you I just bought this whole book because You're like I love it cover sold me it's great <laughs> So this is your chance to shout out some of your friends. Who are your favorite authors to read? Um, well, she turns around. <laughs> so I have all my Molly McAdams books here. Behind oh, we me. love Molly. Yes, love she's amazing. Like literally she has so many books on here, but she's my writing partner. And we became friends like way back in 2012 because we both had read each other's books, like the first books that came out and loved yeah. each other's writing style and became, you know, fast friends. Um, we ramble together. We both like get on the phone and we're like, like weirdness coming out that doesn't make any sense, but somehow we get each other so much <laughs> that we're like, yes, I totally understand. So she is so amazing. Um, my favorite book of all time and my favorite author is Amy Harmon. And this is the law of Moses. And I just saw, I have a little bend in it. Um, <laughs> but she writes the most beautiful books ever. Um, I love her stories. And um, I have lots of Catherine Cow books over here. Oh, I love Catherine too. Yeah, I love her. her. So pretty. Um, so I read the, those mostly. Um, 
I read Lauren Rowe, who I love. Um, if I want to read something, you know, witty and funny. And um, I love Kern Michael's books. I love Colin Hoover, of course. I like anything that's going to like evoke a lot of emotion yeah. for me. Same. Well, same way. Molly's been on the on the podcast before and I she knows me very well now because I've coined a phrase that anytime we talk about an author killing somebody it's a in Molly a story it's, they pull a Molly McAdams <laughs> absolutely yeah. so she laughs every time she to. I literally got to that point and I like slammed the book shut and I was like and then then like two days later I was like okay I'm gonna read the rest of it now <laughs> anytime somebody comes on and they're like and they've had a character that they've killed off I'm like you Molly McAdams didn't you yeah. like and they're like what it. You, like, you clearly did not read her books <laughs> so do you prefer e-reader or physical copies um I usually I like to collect my favorite books in paperback but I read on an e-reader because I usually am reading at night and like my husband's asleep and I'm just like you know tucked under the covers and then I, like, if I'm reading a paperback, I always feel like I have to be, like, sitting up and, like, lights on, you know, I like to snuggle yeah. down. I don't read these. MJ's books are right there. She likes to, she's the top of my bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, uh, yeah, my paperbacks are, like, a do not touch. Like, if you touch them, I'll kill you. Like, they're not, they're not red. They're like, I will stab you. <laughs> yep. With that crazy-ass knife you just were talking about. <laughs> yes, I will stab you. The only books I physically read, and I'm, like, so weird about it. Like, the only books I'll physically read is, like, horror. Because I feel like I need to, like, hold it. Like, I need to be, like, in it, you know? And there are some things like that that you really feel, yeah, it is different. Yeah, it's just, like, a, I don't know. It's got a different vibe to it, and I just really like it. And I think it's where... I did start reading romance on Wattpad and obviously you couldn't get no paperbacks from Wattpad. So you were just like, you know, like scrolling through. And also it took me a while to get used to the Kindle where you had to like swipe, right? Because it used to be scrolling. Right, down, scrolling. Right? So yeah, I, was like, I used to read on fan fiction, like on my computer and I'd be like right? scrolling with my mouse, you know? Down. Yeah, I love, <laughs> I love it, I love it. But yeah, usually I'll read like, if I read like a nonfiction or like a horror, like I have Stephen, I have like every single book, Stephen King, every single book, short story, anything and everything he's ever published. If he's written it, I have it on a show. That's awesome. Oh God. I love him. I love him so he's much. He's really incredible. I would literally, I would, I would give, I would also give another lung. I would give my right lung to meet him. <laughs> she has no lungs left though. What are you going to do? I know. And like before COVID happened, right? He was doing like signings. He was like traveling to like bookstores and doing like short readings of, um, uh, it was the institution. It was the book, like a book he had recently published, like before the COVID happened. And he was doing like short readings of like the first chapter. And then you could like, you know, meet and greet him. Right. And I was going to buy a ticket and I was going to go see him. And then COVID fucked it all up. And I was like, you know what? Uh, okay. Yeah. It's so frustrating. All the things we missed. Right. I cried about it for a little bit. <laughs> Still about it Hopefully he'll pick it back up again. I, if he doesn't, I'm literally, but see, my man's getting older. Okay. <laughs> and like, I'm going to tell y'all right now, when he goes, y'all, y'all going to have to check on me. It's going to, <laughs> it's going to give me morning for a while. <laughs> and the sad thing is, so like his, his son, his name is Owen and he also writes um, horror and he, him and his dad wrote like a co-write. They wrote a book together. And I think that Owen has, it does like, he does a great job and I think his books are good, but there's just something about like, you know, his dad. And I'm just the day that he stops publishing books, like he dies. It's just, it's gonna be the worst day of my life. I'm telling you, it will be. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, uh, yeah, that's that's hard. You know, you think about it, it's like a, a, your favorite musician or whatever, you know, kind of thing that. I'm gonna be in mourning for like five days. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Take your last question, Stevie. So what was your last five-star read? 
so I actually just finished the first girl child by Amy Harmon and oh my god it was so incredible but it's like fantasy like Nordic uh folklore fantasy kind of thing I think that's what the genre was because I she just like like surprises me like and I don't even read like the blurbs whenever I read I just like kind of like as I can read them because they're really long and like they take me a long time to read because they're so like I'll have to, I'll read a page and I'll have to go back to the top and read it all over again just to like yeah absorb the emotion and like all the details that she has in there um so that was like so good and there's so much romance in it like you, you feel the character so much but it's not like a contemporary romance like it doesn't you know you're not going to get that like I don't know, but it was just as impactful, which I love that she's able to do that. Like no, you know, you don't have any sex scenes or like anything like that. Like there's like mention, like very fade to black kind of thing. Um, I don't know. She just slays me every single time. I'm gonna have to add that to my TBR. I like fantasy. It's so, and it's like with different people and like, it's well, and it goes over this like long period of time. So I'm going to start the, there's another one. Um, I think it's called the second blind son. Um, and I thought it was going to be like a cliffhanger and like go on to that story, but it's not. So the first one like ended. So I was like, oh, awesome. So then I'm going to read the next one and see what, what direction that one goes. That's my ever-growing TBR. Um, yes. so, Every, you know, there's so many books I want to read, but like, I always like try to at least read my favorite authors, even though she's, she, those books have been out for a while and she has other books out since then, but uh, yeah. I'm just like moving through. Right. So we're going to move on to our favorite portion of the podcast, which is trope questions. Okay. And we love these questions this is our favorite. However, it is sadly the last section and it's not our favorite because it's the last. It's our favorite <laughs> questions. Um, All right. What is your favorite trope to write and why? I love writing single dads because there is I nothing cuter than a protective dad over his child. I love it. <laughs> like hands down. I'm a sucker for like a grumpy hero with like a little girl that he's like I cannot remember for the life of me what book it is it just embodies like everything that I like think about but it's like a grumpy mean man and then like his little girl that he's like got a tiara on and he's like sitting at the table like drinking tea with her and oh there's my gosh. just something so cute so that's almost like my show me the way like yeah, directed like, like this grumpy old guy you know and his and then you know Frankie Lee's like you know I love it. I love There's it. I love writing single dads. There's nothing going to break a man like his little girl. I love it. I love it. I think that's the only thing that would have been funnier would be to see Trent as a dad with a girl. <laughs> right. Because right. of the way he, because he loves his son. Like he, like he's per, fierce protector over him. But had he had a girl. God Lord. Probably kill somebody. It could have been a different story. Yeah. <laughs> and I think what sucks is I love reading single dad tropes, but I will never, I don't think I'll ever write one ever, ever. Really? Because, yeah. Because so I was raised by a single dad, like my whole life, right? Technically and, you wrote one. No, I didn't. Love and hockey. He was a single father raising his own single, daughter. Was, that was not the trope. He was a secondary character that people happen to like. Okay. <laughs> So my thing is, like, I'm, I'm never, I don't think I'll ever be able to do it because I was raised by a single dad and I feel, and I pull a lot from like experiences I've had in like my own life. And I just don't think I'll be able to do it because I'll just, I'll pull experiences from my dad and I don't want to write my dad in that situation. That makes sense. Definitely. So I don't think I'll ever be able to do that, but I love reading them. I love reading them though. They're my favorite. I do like a single dad. What is one trope you would eventually like to write and why? And you've written a lot of tropes, so. Yeah, I feel like I've kind of covered all the tropes. Um, and I always kind of do like them my way. They're never like quite like 
you might not, they might not come out what you anticipate, you know, when like I yeah. did like the age gap thing, but I don't, you know, um, but I did like, so Benefit Stars was my first age gap. And then um, I'm like, have I done anything? The only thing I haven't really done is like the full on like office boss type thing, which yeah. sometimes I might like to do that. I'm here for Ooh, that. That would be a good one. This romance. Yeah. I guess I do like more like blue collar workers or like rock stars or like, I don't do a lot of like guys in suits, but it's something I might not, not mind doing. And Logan, you know, is kind of a studie kind of guy. So we're not sure what his story is going to turn out like. Maybe. Well, my you favorite. never know. Yeah. So <clears throat> what is one trope you'll never write and why? Or if you're the type of person who says never say never, what is like the farthest thing for you writing? I'm usually, I'm usually like never say never, but I don't really like like the, um, and I just don't enjoy reading them. I don't like like the real like forbidden romance, like where it's like, you know, stepdad kind of stuff or like, yeah you know, that sort of thing. I don't like anything that kind of gives me like a little creepy, like, you know, <laughs> that's kind of my hard I limit. I thought she was going like, to say reverse harem at first. <laughs> I don't even get that genre. Like, I don't get it. I don't know what it means. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. I get it. I'm telling you. You're like, I, totally I, could, get it. I could recommend some great reverse harems. <laughs> I love them. I think they're so good. I'll read anything. I'm like a human garbage disposal when it comes to like books. I'll give, <laughs> like, I'll give it anything. to me. I'll try anything once. So, I mean, <laughs> all right, Stevie, you can take the last one. Okay. If you were in a book, what trope would you want for your story? Oh gosh. I would probably say like single parent because I, and I think that's why I write so many children and like single parents, because I was a young single mom and I loved like my husband with my daughter, like how that they grew together and he became her dad, you know? So I think that that's just always been so romantic to me. And I mean, I guess I kind of write that story all the time. Like, it's just those experiences that I felt for myself and like, you know, the trials that you have and all those different things. But at the end of the day, like, you know, kids are are the most important things in our lives kind of thing. So, and I love seeing it like that sometimes it doesn't even matter that it's blood or not, like somebody coming in and seeing what's important and devoting themselves to that. Oh my God, like, my heart. You wouldn't be the first author who said they lived the trope. Yeah, but you had an author. Off. We had an author marry her college rowing coach. Yes, she did. Oh my gosh, I love it. That's awesome. And you, <laughs> you know that happens a lot. I'm sure. Like you I know, know it's frowned upon, but I guess that it's like a thing. You are the first author to say single parent as a trope, though, for your life, for your story. Also, Stevie was always Stevie was like, "Oh, we do have an author that married her rowing coach," and I'm always like, "College." college <laughs> rowing coach <laughs> i'm like of legal age she wasn't 14 yeah, <laughs> of legal age people it was also an age gap a little like he was older than her but she was of legal age college <laughs> <laughs> just letting everybody know but um no that is our last question for you um we want to thank you so much for joining us uh for our anniversary this episode has been great you've been fantastic well, and thank you for having me so fun um and happy anniversary to you guys that's amazing thank you so much um so we're gonna i don't i don't really know like what you want me to do you just want me to say like thank you so much like i mean i feel like i thank these people every single time (laughs) on an episode so i don't even know what you want me to do besides say thank you guys so much for this is our last anniversary episode and we want to thank you all all the listeners subscribers and anybody that's ever supported the podcast in the year like thank you so much for letting us get on here and uh talk about books the 14 days is over and not work taking a break. 
Yeah, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> We're gonna yeah. sleep for the next six days. I know, right? But uh, yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening, and thank you, Al Jackson, for joining us. You were great, and uh, we hope Thanks to chat with you soon. All right, thanks, guys.